This is the 911 Calls Podcast with the operator and his trusty junior assistant, Mr. Luna. Are either of them injured? Can you tell from where you are? Yes, there's a girl laying on the ground. He beat her up. I ran over there. I'm bleeding profusely. Hey, hey, Luna. Hey, Opera. Hey, I um, I have a question for you. I think I've come across a like groundbreaking business idea, and you can get in on the ground floor of this if you want. But just really quick, let me let me let me share with you the the genius that that I've come up with here. So you so you got a donut, right? And if you take a donut and you punch the middle of the donut out. You have another product called a. Uh, uh, you're waiting for me to a, a donut. I don't know a donut hole. Yeah, donut hole. Right, right, right. Okay. So there's also a cake with a hole in the middle of it called a bunt cake. B u n d t bunt cake. Right. Mm. So if if you took the middle of a bunt cake out, what what then do you have? <laughs> you have a, a bunt hole. Yeah, but. A bunt hole, right? Okay. So I think I'm going to start a business called buntholes.com where, because think about, okay, think, just roll with me for a second. Donuts, donut holes, right? They're, they're a size, you know, a good bite size thing. Uh, bunt cake, though, is, is pretty massive, pretty, you know, it's got some, some girth to it. It does. So think about how big that bunt hole would be. You'd have a big bunt hole. <laughs> In your hand, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, a royal cupcake. Yeah, big old bunt hole. I'm picturing it. And you could decorate it, and like the, we could do social media around it. Like, show us your bunt hole, and you know, oh. like people send in pictures of their bunt holes. Yeah. Uh, you know, with different stuff on it, icing. Wow, I have really wow. Yeah, well, there'd be icing on the front. Yeah. And icing on the back. I'm picturing chocolate in the middle. Well, and on the sides, it's all kind of dry, just like. Yeah. Wow. Uh, like you know, because a cupcake would be dry around the, the edges, right? So you kind of have that that dry edge. And yeah. Maybe you got like uh, you could do like for grandmas, you could do like, hey, look, it's a raisin bunt hole, you know, like raisin in the middle, kind of. Okay. Are these going to be fully glazed? Or are we talking about? Are you going to do, do bunt, bunt plugs? Bunt plugs. Hey, that's not a bad idea. Like you could do like. Things you could insert into the bunt hole, like a caramel insert or like a... Or hot fudge. You could do hot fudge. You could do... Anyway, so I'll... I, as I build out the pro forma for that business model, I will... Uh, I'll give you more information. And uh, if you want to get on the ground floor, I'll let you, I'll have let you, you know. Bought, have you bought the website for that yet? Here, funny story. Actually, I bought buntholes.com a while back. And this is surreal. I bought buntholes.com. And then a guy from Apple actually reached out to me and was like, hey, I'd like to buy that domain name. And I wouldn't sell it to him. Right. And then, like, I've been paying for buntholes.com for several years. And then just this last year, 
just this last year, I was like, I don't know when I'm going to do this business. So I stopped paying for buntholes.com through GoDaddy. So it's currently like out there, but you are, I, you oh. and I are the only ones to know about it. So no one's, right. I'm sure no one's going to pick up buntholes.com. Before you release this episode, you should rebuy that. How much does it cost for buntholes.com? $11. A month? For years? Yeah. No, no, a year. A year. $11 a year. All right. Yeah. So what's your point? Yeah, nothing. I just want to let you know that it's probably a on the horizon opportunity for us to, you know, right. get into some bundles. Come on. Shoot, shoot. Guns in the air. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do, do, so when are we going to start recording here? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, hey. Uh, okay. I got a question for you then. Let's, uh, we'll start now. Ready? Okay. Here we go. Uh, mm. Hey, Luna. Hey, hey, operator. Hey. Hey, have you ever eaten anybody? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean like uh, eaten flesh? Like actually yeah. chewed it and swallowed it? Yeah, that's what I was meaning. I'm no. kind of freaked out right now, but I, I haven't. No. I haven't. Oh, you haven't. What do you What do you think it tastes like? Ooh, ooh. If you had to guess, like g- you know, take a gander. Oh, gamey, gamey for sure. From what gamey. I've heard. Yeah. yeah. Well, if it's anything like with deer, if you have to chase a deer for a long time, then it gets a lot of lactic acid in its muscles and stuff, and then actually it can change the the taste of the meat. So I guess if you had to like chase the person for a while and then kill them, then eat them, yes, it might be. And that would normally be probably be the case. Yeah, but, you know, if you were just like, you know, they're watching, you know, Jag on TV, old lady watching Jag. You just bop her over to the back of the head. She doesn't see it coming. She's totally relaxed, you know. Right. Just donkey punch to the back of the head. Right. But if you killed an old lady, you'd also be dealing with um, skin. You got you to gotta eat that crispy skin, I guess, eh? Like, I would want something a little more plump and supple, personally. But that skin might, kind of like southern barbecue, might just slough right off, you know, because right it's the sort bone. of... Onto yeah, the bone. You know, right. people like, like to eat something that falls out the bone, then you just have the skin falling off the bone. Wow, right. that's a pretty cool way to eat a person. Just yeah. get old people and crisp up their old skin onto the bone. It's right there already. Hmm, right. That sounds, yeah. sounds tasty, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. You know, that may be another business model we'll talk about. But hey, so what part what part would you go for first, like on a on a human and which would you avoid? Oh man. Okay. I've actually thought this out quite a bit. Okay. Um, I would go for a child. Probably like a baby. Have you ever seen a baby's legs, how plump they are? Oh you yeah. Know, they they're almost like you almost not almost. People do when they have a baby like they want to kiss their little legs and their little cheeks. Yeah, I'm gonna eat you up. I'm gonna literally eat you up. Yeah. I would probably just um you know, farm babies, probably eighteen months old is probably the optimal time before they lose that baby fat. Cut off a leg, keep the foot on, uh, cook that up over a spit. And then, you know, chow down on that that plump little calf. Okay. But also, you have like little plump, little um, plump, plump, plump. You have the little toesies. And yeah. you can just pick pick those off with your teeth like, like grapes. Like popcorn chicken grapes. Oh, yeah, like, sure. yeah, Yeah, more like popcorn chicken. And that's exactly what I would eat would be baby legs. Mm, baby legs. That sounds good. You could, you know, because their legs sort of like bratwurst, you know. You could just make a new company called Bratwurst or but or Brat Best. Like you make right. the best, best brats. Best, best brats, yeah. Best brats the, you can have on the planet. There's an, also an extra 
uh, added plus to this is that they don't have any hair that you need to burn off either because they're exactly. a baby. Exactly. Yeah. Like, could you imagine? I mean, because we all know like the buttock is a big muscle, but if you got like a dude's buttock, right. you, you're dealing with a lot of hair. That it, You know, the hair on a dude's butt, that's like picking peanut butter out of shag carpet. It's totally. Just yeah, man. Not. That's what I was thinking about earlier when he asked if I'd ever eaten anything. I was talking about how I'd eaten a lot of guys' butts. Bunt holes. <laughs> yep. I should have waited till you had that drink before I asked you that. Anyways, well, this all does have a point, actually. <clears throat> well, not the bunt holes thing. That's just for you and I. Shh, don't tell anyone. But there was a guy named William Bueller Seabrook who was an American adventurer and journalist, and he wrote a book called Jungle Ways back in 1931, where he provided the world's most detailed written description of the taste of human flesh. Hmm. Seabrook noted that in raw form, human meat looks sort of like beef, but slightly Hmm. less red. You know, it's got like a pale yellow fat, not to be confused with honey (laughs) boo-boo. But (laughs) when roasted, the meat turned grayish and would... And, and was more like lamb or veal and smelled like cooked beef, not to be confused with honey boo-boo <laughs> again. Okay. All right. As for the taste of human flesh, Seabrook wrote, it was so nearly like good, fully developed veal <laughs> that I think no person with the palate of ordinary, normal sensitivities could distinguish it from veal. Why, why are you, I mean, I, I'm enjoying that, but why are you using a British accent there? Oh, well, it was night. Oh, yeah, I guess. He's from? He's from America. You're right. He's from America. Okay, fine. It would sound like this. It was so nearly like good, fully developed veal, see, that I think no person with a palate of ordinary, normal sensitivities could distinguish it from veal, you hear? (laughs) Is that better? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, in short, he thought it tastes like veal. Mm. Here's what's funny. Seabrook traveled to West Africa to get it straight from the cannibal's mouth, apparently living with the Guero tribesmen for a period of time. So you'd think that that would be a good, solid firsthand experience, except for later he confessed that the distrustful tribesmen actually never let him participate in their foodie traditions. No, he, he ended up getting a cadaver from a hospital in Paris and roasting it over a spit. That's how he found out. You can just buy you can just buy a cadaver back then. Can, wait, man. Can you do that now? Could you just buy a cadaver? Like you know how they, they put um dead bodies, you know, for up for science. Can you buy one and eat it? Would that be cheaper than how much I uh, pay my butcher to to break down a cow? Could I buy a human body just to eat? I wonder how much that would cost. Oh, it's probably really expensive, actually. Well, I A, I believe it's illegal to oh. If you were to get a body that was a cadaver, it probably was already injected with formaldehyde or something. Parts of it would be missing because they got sold for, you know, other people. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but you're right. Yeah, probably. What, okay. The best thing you would have to do is just wait for a very fresh catastrophe and then, you know, drag something off the scene. So, um, you know, a lot of serial killers have given accounts of uh, what us people taste like, but apparently hashtag science doesn't see them as uh, considerable or credible resources so they most of science leans on Seabrook's memories of his cadaver cookout instead so that's basically 
how we know what people taste like is mostly from a scientific perspective from Seabrook. Also, hmm. have you ever um, have you ever seen a werewolf? <laughs> I've visited your mom's house a couple of times. So maybe. Oh, snap! <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, no, I've never seen a I've never seen a werewolf. Yeah, you need to get out more. You haven't eaten people. You haven't seen werewolves. You have. That's neither here nor there. But I'm just saying you should get out more. Anyway, I have a call that uh, pieces all of this stuff together in a nice, fancy, deadly bow. So uh, the scene for this call is a boring neighborhood in Florida where a Florida man (laughs) is about to do what Florida men uh, do. Wow. That's yeah. exciting, man. Wow. What a lead up. This is this is great stuff. Like that There's segue? no such thing as a boring neighborhood in Florida from what I've heard. So I am no. ready for you to hit yeah. play there. The answer is yes. That's rich with irony. All right. Yeah. So let's, yeah. You ready for me to hit play? Yeah. You don't even need to get down on a knee, man. I'm already ready to bang. Let's do it. Here we go. <laughs> address. Young man beating up a woman across the street. Okay, are they outside or in a house? It's in a garage. Okay, can you tell if he has any weapons? Um, I think he had a knife, but I'm not positive. Okay, can you tell if she's injured or he's injured? Say again? Are, are either of them injured? Can you tell from where you are? Yes, there's a girl laying on the ground. He beat her up. I ran over there. I'm bleeding profusely here at the moment. Okay. I don't know what happened. All right. Can you tell if she's conscious or is she unconscious? Say again? Can you tell if she's conscious? No, it does not appear so, no. Okay. And how? what kind of injuries do you have? Oh, I've been stabbed in the back. With and a knife? Yes, I believe so. It was tough okay. to tell. Okay. You couldn't tell how long it was or anything? You need an ambulance? Completely yeah, we're quickly. sending them. We're sending them. And where is he? Is he yeah, I think in the area in the garage, right okay. across the street from my house. All right. What's your name? Okay. All right, we're going to get the paramedics right out there. Sir, sir, what did the guy look like? Was he white, black, Hispanic? He is white. You know how old he is? About 25 years old. And what was he wearing? Um, shorts and a T-shirt. Do you know who he is? I have no idea. Does he live at that house, or? No, he does not. Does the female look familiar to you? Um, I believe it was the daughter of the house that lives over there. I'm not positive. Can you have your wife or... I don't want you moving if you've been stabbed, but can you have your wife or someone look out and see if he's still there? Um, I don't know. See if that car is still there, honey. It appears he's still there. You, you definitely saw a knife, and that's what he hit you with in the back? No, I did not see it. But my wife's looking at my back, and it appears I got punctured. Yes, Dad. In the neck, in the head, three. Three puncture wounds. Okay, we got units en route, okay? Okay. All right, just call us back if anything changes, all right? Don't joke over there, 
Alright, I'm bleeding pretty bad. So okay, we got we got an ambulance and everybody in route. Just stay right there and stay calm, okay? Okay, thanks. Alright. 911, you need fire, police, or medical? I need medical. We called let me, once. Let me transfer to fire rescue. Are you. Are yes. We have units en route, ma'am. Everybody's en route. The deputies just got on scene. They have to secure before we can get in. Is your husband still conscious? Yes. Okay. Here, I can get you back on if you want to get some more advice from them, but uh, they're on their way, okay? Okay, okay. I mean, I, I think we've got it under control, but I just want to make sure they are coming. Yes, no, everybody's coming. The deputies have to secure this scene before the fire rescue can come in, okay? Okay, well, he better secure it or I'm going to keep... Uh, there, there's units on scene across the street right now, okay? Yes, okay. Thank you. All right. All right. Oh, all right. So, so that guy was turning into a werewolf? No, no. Oh, okay. Uh, I, uh, what, 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 what race? What race was was the man who attached? Oh, he was white. He was hairless and delectable. Yes, <laughs> I've been stabbed three times, and then his wife in the background. But he did not get shot with a silver bullet, so we're going to be okay till you get. <laughs> it sounded like he was morphing into a werewolf that whole time. Not to make fun of a victim. As as far as I know, that guy was not a werewolf. Um, that part he was morphing into one. Yes, yeah, maybe, though. maybe. His wife was very good about keeping it under wraps, if that's the case. You better hurry up. Okay, first, this was interesting. So when she calls back, instantly, 911 knew, like, who it was. Here's another benefit of having a landline. Yeah. Because you call from a landline, they know exactly where you're calling from. They know, you know, who's calling and everything. So they can shut you up and be like, hey... Thanks for calling back, but uh, we're good. They don't have to go through right. the, where are you calling from? What street? What's going on outside? You know, so that was, I, I keep I keep thinking about that. Like, this is the first time in like a decade where I've ever thought of having a landline again. Would mm-hmm. The only mm-hmm. reason would be 911 knows where you're at. That's it, you know? Yeah. A scary question that, that he asked, uh, that the operator asked. By the way, the operator, the, the male who came in there seemed like he was from a different sort like the initial operator maybe was for everything and then he was like police or I don't know it, it seemed like he was asking questions that got so much more to the point of what was going on than the initial operator was yeah why did why why did the operator switch right there do you do you know so as quickly as possible and in in many cases the initial 911 dispatcher gets the other dispatches on the phone, whether that's medical, uh, police, fire, or police. Yes. So it's very likely that that person, uh, it, it's possible that that person was kind of tandem in the 911 dispatch. He sounded center. like police. The questions yeah. he was asking sounded like, like he was trying to get to know who the perpetrator was. And, and the question of like, how long was the, I don't know if she asked or he did, but like the, how long was the blade? That that got me where he, he didn't answer that question, but I felt that. I'm like, oh, how long was the blade? Yeah. How, how deeply hurt are you? Right. Right? Yeah, a good good point. And, you know, we don't hear very much of that where, like, someone else chimes in and asks questions. But I, I kind of feel like that would be more helpful, you know, like, because mm-hmm. one person's eyes and ears on the, you know, dispatcher on the call is, is, is you know, good, but... Somebody else might be like, okay, this hasn't been asked yet, you know, and they could get in there and ask. Yeah, uh, pertinent questions. That was very helpful. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. So, okay. Well, the guy on the phone is named Jeff Fisher, and he's of Palm Beach County, Florida. Back, This happened back in uh, 2016, August of 2016. So 
from today. It's like, you know. Four years ago. Four years ago. So he had, he had managed to make it back to his house to call 911 with five new holes in him. One in the mm. neck, three in the back, and one in the side. The scene that he was describing the dispatch was actually across the street from his house, his neighbor's house. Uh, Michelle and John Stevens, who were at the moment being killed by a random 19-year-old stranger named Austin Haroff. Mm. And and keep in mind, this happened in 2016, and Austin Haroff has still not been sentenced yet. Four years later, but we'll we'll get to that. An Olympics later. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah, the Olymp- a, a span of Olympics. Like, like someone could have trained for the Olympics in the amount of time that we haven't put this guy. Someone could have chucked a whole bunch of javelins and put exactly. five holes into five random people. Five random backs and necks. Yeah. All right. So we'll rewind just a bit to give you some backstory on what led up to this moment. Be- better yet, believe it or not, Austin was on the Dr. Phil show just uh-huh. before being released from the hospital into custody of the authorities. So, yeah, because that seems like a thing that should happen, right? Like a guy viciously kills two people and almost kills a third, and the court case still hasn't really even begun yet. But sure, yeah, let's, right. uh, yeah, let's let Dr. Phil have him on his show because that won't muddy the core of public opinion or nothing. Oh, that's true. Very true. Phil, what the deal? Yeah, he, he figures things out, though, so... Gosh. You're right, though. No, it would muddy. It would completely muddy the court of public opinion if this is still going to trial. It doesn't even seem legal. Is it legal for us to even say the name, Doctor Phil? Yeah, we could say his name. And what we're doing, but that's about you know. No, I think that's about where we can leave it. But we doc- can't quote him or play him, though, right? You're not going to do that. You're not going to play a clip from Doctor Phil. I um, I have my ways, so you will okay, see fine. how this uh, right, this goes. But Doctor Phil, obviously being a, a real TV doctor, uh, you know, asked a bunch of hard-hitting questions because, you know, that's what TV doctors do. Uh, and it wasn't about ratings or anything. So so here's a bit of the back and forth. Well, well actually, Ace is going to help us out here. Ace and his buddy, Chaz, are going to play Dr. Phil and, and Austin. So Ace is going to be Dr. Phil because Dr. Phil has a southern accent. And Chaz, uh, Ace's friend, is going to be Austin. Uh, we do this so that we don't get sued by Dr. Phil. So here's sort of how the conversation between Austin and the TV doctor went. Okay. All right. Okay. Austin, uh, Ace and Chaz. Ace and All Chaz. Right. Here we go. Ace. I'm going to reenact this. Ace, Chaz, take it away. <clears throat> Austin, which number between one and nine do you like the least? So first hard-hitting question from Dr. Phil, obviously, as everyone wants to know, is what is Austin's least favorite number between between one and nine? That seems like very scientific, you know. I can obviously see where he's going with this. So here's what here's what Austin had to say. I'd have to say the number six. Uh, okay, so the number six. Um, would it have been my choice? I, I no. had the number two. Yeah, right. Yeah, me too. Obviously, number two. So, Doctor Phil s- s- follows that up with, uh, with a very astute observation. Yeah, I already guessed that you'd say that. People with obsessive compulsive disorder have difficulty with that number. It makes them uncomfortable. We don't know why. Followed by 
Austin's very astute reasoning. Maybe it has something to do with the devil. So, you can already tell this interview is just on on rails. It's just like science, science coming out of all the fact sheets on the whole TV screen. Right. Because I asked that question to all criminals. Hey, what's what's your least favorite number between one and nine? And then when they say a number, we're like, oh yeah, people with OCD don't like that number. And I was like, really? Is that a thing? Is that is that a hmm. thing? So so I actually looked it up, trying to ask the question, is Dr. Phil wrong about people with OCD in the number six? And it turns out, nope, he's not. It has been known to cause problems with certain OCD types. Also, the number one, two, three, four, five, and um, also double numbers, odd numbers, even numbers, and what some call good numbers and bad numbers. All have affected OCD people in the past. You know, you know. So, uh, can I can I say something about the number six? I think that I just realized something about. I'm trying to figure it out on the fly here. Why the number six would be bothersome to somebody with OCD? And I think I have it. I think I have it. For me, at least, if I was OCD, which I might be, the number six looks incomplete. It's almost an eight. Huh? You know, and it's hooked. Well, actually, just on, on my screen here, it's hooked. It almost looks like it's supposed to go somewhere and it's not going anywhere. It is a little bit bothersome to look at directly, more so than one, two, three looks pretty good to me, four looks nice, five looks hmm, maybe a little incomplete itself. Anyways, go ahead, go ahead. Six six is a little bothersome to me. Yeah, funny thing is TV Dr. Phil is like, hey, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like OCD people don't like the number six, but oddly enough, they they don't mind the number nine, which is just an upside down six. Upside down. <laughs> so you're right. What's right. up with that? Right. <laughs> Unless uh, maybe if you had DCO, which is dyslexic OCD, maybe you don't like the number nine then, you know? So <sighs> I don't know. Either way, this is kind of screwed up. All right. Well, what else you got? Okay, also, here's another thing. No one ever claimed that Austin had OCD, so Dr. Phil scores zero so far. Dumb things that get said on the TV scores two points. (laughs) Okay, so Dr. Phil's just like making making up his own, you know, scientific psychological tests here, apparently. I'm sure there's something behind it, though. I'm sure there's other people who have said that there's a reason why he's saying that, but... I'm with you. Go ahead. Okay, so yes, somebody else has said that, but my point is somebody also said that about 22, you know, and 18 and 19. Some some guy really thinks the number 56 is bad, you know. I mean, there's there's not a preponderance of evidence around the number 6 to say that it it is directly attributed with OCD. What if he had said 5? This was live, right? This was yeah. live when he said that. If he had right. said 5, do you think that Dr. Phil would have said everything he's about to say too? Totally. Along with He could have. There would have been a list of he's numbers. He's not wrong. <laughs> In meetings, yeah. Yeah, I mean he could have said that about any number, you know. Anyway, here's a Here's another bit of hard-hitting audio from that uh, that interview between <laughs> T- TV Phil and Austin. Okay, but first everyone keeps asking, Operator, please do an ad. We want to hear more ads. So, fine, here you go. Here's an ad. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Austin, I have a theory about what's happened here. You have a best friend that you spent quite a bit of time with and that the two of you had kind of quit hanging out together. You had started acting quite unusual for a period of time. Before that, do you recall that? 
you and your friend had kind of quit hanging out together and then working out together. Why? Why is that? Do you know why you started to think that way and talk that way and behave that way? Were you aware that you had made a shift in your thinking that was making people uncomfortable? I began to talk like an extremist and about religion and looking into the Illuminati and other weird things. Me and my best friend stopped hanging out, most likely because he was scared of me. I remember jumping on my friends in my dad's car and behaving wildly, but I don't know why. I also remember feeling like I had a superpower. I felt like I could sort of read people. I suffered from sleep paralysis when I was younger, and I heard the voice of monsters when I was in college. I would act on what the voices would tell me to do. At the risk of sounding obvious, this feels scripted. It's a television show, but it feels like he... Yeah. He was ready for that. Well, you're guaranteed that if the kid's going on national television... You're going to talk about it first. Yeah, and the lawyers already fed him all the answers that he's allowed to give and everything, I would think. He was probably in like the room that he, he was staying in, you know, like his little uh, you know prep, prep room. Probably had the number six on it. Probably. And he probably got served six bunt donuts. Bunt holes. <laughs> that's a lot of bunt holes. Jeez, that's, that's, that's an excessive number of bunt holes for one <laughs> criminal to eat in a hospital. Sure. Yeah, Chaz, Chaz does sound full. <laughs> so, uh, I'm not trying to, you know, hoo-hoo Dr. Phil's groundbreaking theory here, but basically he... Hoo-hoo? Yeah, it's a it's, it's a term. It's poo-poo. Poo-poo. Not poo-hoo. Not like poo-hoo. It's poo-poo. I'm not trying to crap on Dr. Phil's groundbreaking theory here, but mm-hmm. apparently he thinks because he fell out of friendship with his buddy that naturally he's going to go on a killing spree, so... Right. I, Whatever. Yeah. Now, my theory, I, and I'm no TV doctor or anything, but you know, if Austin's to be believed, it seems like there's been a string of mental issues that had gone kind of unignored. Jeez, not unignored. What is the word? Ignored. Ignored, sure. Yeah. <laughs> ignored or unattended to for a pretty long time. And maybe not completely ignored, though. So actually, a little bit before Austin garage sailed a couple people, his dad had actually offered him a Xanax to help him calm down. But Austin, you know, he says no to drugs. So he uh, declined like a good boy. You know, speaking of drugs, though, and Austin not taking any, after the incident, the toxicology report came back clean. Well, a few small traces of the deadly drug marijuana were in his system, but that's <laughs> it. That's it. No flaca or bath salts or meow meow, <laughs> as the kids on the streets call it. Pew, pew. Yeah, I'm up yeah. with the times. Okay, so Luna. You are. I wrote a question here. So ask me this question. Now, if you can just read where it says, but up. Why? No. Could you read that? But up. Why would they presume that Austin was on any of the designer drugs that you have just here mentioned on this podcast? Surely there is no indication of our behavior. Well, Luna, that's a good question. And yes, if the story ended here then that would seem like a silly thing to mention. But here's how the day leading up to the event went for Austin. So first, let's let's let our fake Dr. Phil and our fake Austin have another quick conversation about how the morning went. All right, here we go. All right. <clears throat> Austin, do you remember taking a nature walk with your father and sister the morning of the August 15th attack? Yes, I recall that. I remember feeling paranoid which doesn't make sense to me now. I saw turtle shells, and I was scared because my dad was slow. And I thought he was in danger. Okay, so, so naturally, you you see some turtle shells, 
and definitely crap is about to go down naturally right yeah yeah wow yeah <laughs> no <laughs> what <laughs> exactly no super not supposed to connect those dots like that so he had also begun telling everyone that he felt like he had superpowers and that he was invincible and could relate with dogs around him like that he could run really fast and jump really high mm. I-, I can relate with that like when i was five and i was getting new shoes at like the payless shoe source right i felt like i could run faster and jump higher so this might be a shoe thing Maybe. Yeah, it could be a shoe thing, sure. Yeah. Like a placebo, like those Reebok pumps. I had these ones called tracks where they had no pump on them, but I still felt like, you know, I wasn't feeling every piece of gravel underneath my weak-ass sneakers that everyone was making fun of. Yeah. I had the orange ones. I had kangaroos. I actually <laughs> had shoes called kangaroos, or roos, as I called them. They had a zipper pocket on the side where you could put a quarter. That was about all you could fit in it, is a quarter. So I always had a quarter in my roos on the side. I had purple ones, though. I don't know why. Wow. Maybe they were out of every other boyish color. So I had purple ruse. Oh, p- purple's royalty. I mean. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was always telling myself. Yeah, yeah the, ki- the king of the playground. I'm sure you were. I was getting my quarters stolen out of my feet. Oh, my gosh. Well, okay, so so the day started off really crazy. You know, turtle shells everywhere. You know, his dad's slow, so he's in danger. You know, nightmare, nature walk and all, right? So, uh, but then that evening when Austin left the Duffy's Sports Grill in Jupiter, Florida, where he was eating dinner with his family, he thought he saw a dark figure with a white face. All right. And believed it to be evil. Yeah, he thought this is evil right here. Makes sense. I mean, we all know that people with white faces are evil. So, yeah, his senses are definitely dialed in here i think what he means is that white fit i'm I'm assuming that with no features which is creepy but go ahead i i you know yeah i guess i think so i mean if some if you see somebody with like you know that pure white face like uh what do they call it when they're when they're fighting with swords when they're sword fighter what's that called sword fighter no no no. (laughs) it's jousting or something you know yeah jousting Um, it's in the olympics yep so you saw this evil white guy right it's so he ran from the area and headed, as he said, quote, to a quote-unquote lighted garage to ask for help in getting the evil white guy. And so, but the lighted garage that he entered was Michelle and John Stevens' garage. They had converted it into sort of a, like a recreational area with a couch and like more amenities to kind of relax, you know, and have good times right. in the garage. Smoke weed in, and, yeah. Maybe whatever your amenities are that you wish to, you know, partake of. Michelle, at the time, was enjoying the amenities when Austin entered the garage. And when he asked her for help to get the evil guy, she screamed. So he said that he was sure she was a witch by the sound of her scream. So he naturally began attacking her. 100%. He beat and... Yeah. So naturally, witch screams... He beats her and stabs her to death. Good call. Good reflexes, buddy. At the same time, John Stevens was returning from walking the dog when he came upon the scene of Austin killing his wife. So Austin proceeded to attack him as well. The neighbor, the guy from the 911 call, rushed over to help and got perforated several times by Austin, who then returned 
to stabbing and beating and eating John Stevens. Oof. Yeah, that's right. He started eating John Stevens. Oh. oh. So, so thanks to the neighbor, the police arrived pretty soon and secured the scene. But Austin was like totally unfazed. He kept eating John's face, face and his stomach, eating his face and stomach in spite of getting kicked several times in the head, getting shot with tasers, and they were threatening to shoot him. He just growled and kept eating John. Oh. Um, later, he would say that he felt like there was other dog's fur on his face. I don't mm. really know what that means. Well, he was morphing into a werewolf, clearly. Maybe. This whole thing just, you know, doesn't really add up. Eventually, the police restrained Austin and threw him in a cop car. And sheriff's deputies said that when they were transporting Austin to the hospital, he told them that he ate something bad. Yeah, he sure did. A guy's stomach in his face. <laughs> Right. But, okay, think about that. Like, you're a cop and you're driving the guy to the hospital or wherever. And he's like, I ate something bad. And you're like, oh, this might answer why this crazy dude did this. So right. the sergeant asks him, what what did you eat? And he said, humans. Humans. Well, do you so, want a Tums? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or a aids Dude, this, this so th- th- just crazy from the beginning of the morning, from turtle shells to cop cars, so far just nuts. So Austin was transported to a hospital where he stayed for nearly two months. I I find this to be like super odd. What criminal gets to stay in a hospital for two months, especially one that didn't have really any significant injuries? There's pictures of him you can find crime scene pictures where you can see his face you know and like he got kicked in the head so you know just because he was eating someone but there's a close-up of his face and like his mouth is open and i swear there's flesh between his teeth it's Mm. the weirdest creepiest thing but it's you know but other than that superficial wounds at best you know like not two months worth of a hospital stay can you just imagine though like how his days went it's like you know nurse comes in in the morning she's like hey austin how you feeling hun is your tummy feeling any better i know you've had seven weeks of hospital food but i smuggled in some nice roast beef for your lunch today i mean it's no human face meat but it is delish want another pillow what are you watching Ooh, dr phil He's so smart. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Seriously. Who does that? Who does what he did and stays in the hospital for two months? Even if it's for like psychiatric evaluation, that's like a talk screen, visits with a couple shrinks and like, boom, you're out to jail until you're hearing, right? Mm, Yeah. Well, mental illness, you know, it it drags things out quite a bit. Yeah. But doesn't it drag things out in jail? I mean, not necessarily a two month vacation in the hospital. No, you don't put somebody, I mean, at least where I'm from, you don't put somebody who's mentally unstable directly into jail because they might, you know, affect the other prisoners. Uh, in a negative way and, and might might draw you know when someone goes into jail and and it's known that that they've done something horrible like killed a child or whatever they put them into like segregation yeah you, you can't you can't put a guy like this who's talking about hair coming up on his face and all that just in a jail immediately you got to keep them until you know that they're um 
you know, together enough to 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 defeat any situation that might come their way, or at least be able to deal with it, not defeat. I, I just think the reason why it took so long is because they didn't think that he was mentally capable of going in there, stable enough. To me, that, that like says that there was a determination about his mental state, which the, the courts have, to this day, still not determined whether he's insane or was insane or anything, but it's like right. I, I I just have not really heard of that where someone gets to stay out of jail pending a mental evaluation that tell you know, like every case we've ever covered. Well, I'm a, I, no, I, I agree with you, but I'm assuming if he's acting like this werewolf morphing possible you know maniac the entire time, we don't know how he's acting in that situation. That they would have to keep him for as long as they could to figure out exactly what's wrong with him. You you can't you can't let him go until you know what's up, and if he continues if he continues to move if he continues to move the ball if he continues to like you know fool the people who are who are doing mental evaluations on him, um like you like you just said like there should be some mental determination. I think that he's he's not allowing them to get a mental determination on him whether it's uh. he's fooling them or or clearly or they can't figure it out. So you think that maybe they what they were doing is they were keeping him for a couple lunar cycles to see if he was going <laughs> to turn into a werewolf again. Here's the thing. Maybe he is turning into a werewolf and we can't see it. If he's if he feels like there's hair on his face and there's hair on his body, he's turning into this morphing into this creature. It could be all in his mind and it doesn't matter if we see it or not. It matters if he feels that that's actually happening to him, you know, in his mindset. So then they keep them until they figure it out. I, that's all I can take from it. That's all I know. That's the only way I can justify the reason why a lot of these guys end up getting out, which I'm assuming this guy does too. I want to use that kind of excuse. Like, Me too. Hey, you can't tell right now, but I just turned into a sit-and-spin toy named Jacobagoth. Like, dude, I want to use that excuse all the time. Wait, why are you acting weird, man? You can't tell, but I just turned into a dragon and I'm <laughs> eating a waffle. <laughs> I don't want to use that. Okay, so I also did some digging, um, you know, and we were talking about meow meow, the drug, uh, flocka, meow meow, flocka, mm-hmm. best salts, right? I looked into this, and in 2016, methods for detecting bath salts in the system were not all that good. And actually, the main method for drug testing, which is called gas chromatography, could have actually degraded the chemicals in the biological material they were testing or missed the drugs altogether because bath salts and similar designer drugs actually become unidentifiable when exposed to heat, such as in gas chromatography. So personally, this is just me. This is just the gospel of the operator. But personally, I don't know that we can rule out drugs, even though the talk screen came back clear. Well, yeah, okay, that's fine. I don't think you can. When it comes to mental illness, like we just talked about, you you can't rule out the fact, like the the possibility of it being a new breed of of mental illness. And on top of it, say being a new breed, the subgroups within that breed that they need to figure out, which which lends to the reasoning why they would take so long to figure out a person who's coming to them with something so rare. I mean, this guy's claiming to have morphed into a werewolf, is what you're trying to tell me here? Yeah, apparently. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, you might need to keep that guy down for a little bit longer. I mean, I hope there's no criminals listening to this because I'm getting some ideas. Yeah, getting some great ideas. You know, all of this, how this goes, you know. Basically, for Austin, it was two months in the hospital, 
bookended by a few Dr. Phil interviews for him and his dad, and then off to jail. That's good stuff. Yeah, to wait his, uh, you know, speedy trial. Oh, wait, not even that, because it still hasn't gone to trial. Oh. So the defense and the prosecution, to date, have been squabbling over whether he was insane or not when he killed and ate the Stevenses. But they haven't even just said he was insane. So as we've all been kind of assuming here, Dr. Philip Resnick said in his opinion that Haruf <laughs> suffered from severe mental disease, in particular bipolar disorder and acute manic episodes with psychotic features. He says that on August 15, 2016, the day of the attacks, he said Haruf suffered from clinical lycanthropy delusions. You know what clinical mm-hmm. lycanthropy delusions are? Right, right, no. Yeah, he thought he was a werewolf. Oh. That's literally what the book says. It's That's oh. a thing. There's a term? There, there's there's a diagnosis for thinking you're a werewolf? That believes that an individual, uh, that they are an animal other than a human, more often than not a werewolf. Those, have stu- those who have studied cases of such delusion say it is often connected to existing mental disorders like schizophrenia. In his report, Resnick said Heroff had the delusion that he could run super fast because he was half man, half dog. He believed that other dog's hair was attaching to his face. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fine. It's here's the thing. We don't want to come off as ignorant. No. Uh, like, the mental illness is a real thing, and people do. Totally. You know, they, they, they truly believe that these things are going down. Um, what? So, okay, yeah, we're still waiting on this case to be figured out. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a part of me, there's this, like, magical side of my brain that constantly wants to believe that things outside of the norm truly exist. You know, UFOs, ghosts, uh, guys who think that they turn into werewolves and start eating people's faces and their stomachs. He's 19 years old, this kid. And out of nowhere, these are strangers to him. Oh. Yeah, totally. Total strangers. He just goes in and starts doing that. I mean, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. And I don't think I completely subscribe to your attitude that you've been presenting throughout this whole thing you and ace and Chaz, where you can completely throw it away that he doesn't in fact actually believe that this is what happened to him to be honest with you you make a good point and if i've given the impression that i'm poo poo pooing you say it poo pooing you say poo hooing but yeah poo hooing if if i gave the impression that i'm poo pooing the fact that he had mental illness no it's not that it's I truly believe this dude probably is it suffers from more than one mental illness. But here's here's the thing I've got going on is that they're trying to make it seem like suddenly like snap mental illness. And that's why this happened. But in my opinion, this guy was not served well mm-hmm. uh, by those people around him who who had custodial responsibility to see this happening, his friends, his family, who are watching him kind of morph into the state over a period of time. Mm-hmm. And literally the only thing that happens, his dad throws him a Xanax and says, chill out. No, th- right. this kid says he had, you know, sleep paralysis and then heard monster voices in college. Mm-hmm. This, this, somebody should have been helping this, this gentleman along. I agree. I hear you. A long time ago. That's, that's what I'm saying. Right. All, all, all I'm doing is ice skating on slippery territory and trying to go to the right, right, right field, like the, the right goal. And the right goal is, is we need to, to separate people who are faking this type of stuff and the people who are actually experiencing it. I, I worked in a home where there was a kid and he couldn't eat Captain Crunch. We couldn't put that around him. But the one, remember the one with the berries? Yeah. Captain Crunch with the berries? Yeah, yeah. All the other kids in the group home were taking 
the berries out of the Captain Crunch because just because they like the berries. But this kid, because he had some kind of undiagnosed mental illness, thought that something otherworldly was taking it from him. It was either that or when he found out that it was possibly the other kids doing it, that it was personal. Oh. And it was not personal. They just liked those berries in the Captain Crunch. So the difference between a regular kid, let's say, I, I use that term very loosely, regular, normal person, in comparison to this kid who likely had some kind of mental illness undiagnosed, is that you could tell him that and he would get it and not take it personally and recognize that they just liked the berries. This kid couldn't get off the fact that, oh, they're just trying to attack me through grabbing these berries. So we had to put his Captain Crunch separately from everything else, which in the end, and it's a very unpopular opinion, but I think it's a true yeah. opinion, that some but people with mental illness are more susceptible to believing that it's a, like an attack on them and then they, therefore they attack back. So anyone mm. who says they, someone with mental illness is, is not, no more likely to commit some kind of violent act than a person who is considered, you know, quote, normal. Which someone in this case actually has done. They, they've come out and the, the, the defense has actually said that. The, the psychologist for the defense actually said that exact thing that... I don't, th I don't, I don't think that they're right. I don't think that they're right. And I'm very very sensitive and 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 uh you, you know um what's the word that i'm looking for empathetic sure empathetic to whatever you're going through when it comes to mental illness but to, to for all of us to have to say so someone with schizophrenia or someone with uh severe ocd or paranoia i have mm -hmm. i have it i have some kind of mental illness i've been told <laughs> By my stupid doctor. Yeah. He, doesn't know he doesn't know who's taking the berries out of my cereal. Idiot. <laughs> I know I know that I personally am more susceptible to acting aggressively towards something that I, that, that I compute as being a threat than maybe mm. a normal person has been through the same things that I've been through. And that's not on a mental illness level. That's that's more, maybe it is, but maybe it's it's more so on like uh, what, I, what I've seen, what I've been through, my experience. Sure. Right. So I can say for myself personally that if somebody slights me in a way that, that pushes a button that, that sets off a memory of something that has happened to me in the past that says this is going to go wrong, that I'm more prone to behaving in a very aggressive way. Mm. And the same with, with, with mental illness. Um, they take things wrong. And in my opinion, that is conducive to the possibility of things becoming more aggressive than they need to be in that situation. So so the argument that we're, you know, just because you have this or you have that, that you're, you know, you're not particularly the type who would right. behave in, in a way that's kind of out there. Hey, man, they're mentally ill. It's all out there. It's right. all on the table. Yeah. That's not pussyfoot around this. It's it's just the truth. Sorry. Sorry. It's, I think oftentimes... The, the outward uh, view on mental illness is similar to, it seems oversimplified. It's like telling someone that cannot use their legs in a wheelchair to just be like, hey, just start walking, man. Right. Like we oversimplify. <laughs> we, we, we don't want to look at this, the, 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 the situation as someone with mental illness, literally their brain is translating a different reality yes. than yes. than what is what what we would consider to be a normal reality. Yeah, we might all be in the matrix, blah blah blah, all that stuff. But but most uh. of us can subscribe to the the, the the thought that we have a, a a there is a baseline normality that that you know people without mental illness observe, and that people with mental illness that is modified. And it, and the thing that we don't like to say is 
admit that the fact is their reality is a real thing. It's a real thing to them. And then that's why they need assistance is to help to clarify. Right. And what we're not, anybody's not, nobody's saying this, that you have to look, watch out for people with mental illness. You're not really, but, but kind of, I mean, if I, if I have a room full of kids that I'm watching and I've been in this situation in the past and you're like, okay, mm. that kid's um, showing signs of budding schizophrenia. And in his past, he ate his mother's face off and I'm watching that kid a little bit more closely. But on the on the flip side, there are kids who are normal who have shown those traits as well. You just got to watch people who have shown signs of, of incoherent thinking. And it just so happens that people with mental illness show more of those signs. So it's not that they're being targeted. It's just that they've done something and somebody with that same illness maybe has done something. So they're a little bit of a wild card. And no disrespect, no, 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 you know, targeting or mm-hmm. it is though. You, you just you kind of just have to. And I don't understand why society is always like, oh, watch out the way you uh, talk about Because right. the people I've talked to face to face that have these mental illness will tell you themselves. Watch me. Please look out for these triggers for me. Please make sure that I don't get into a situation where this could be triggered off because I lose myself a little bit when this particular situation happens. Right. I, I agree. You know, the, the thing is, we have a term for that, and it's one that's developed by the psychological community, and it is textbook. The reason we say things are textbook is because they've been determined to be systematically true. And we use textbook definitions around certain mental illnesses, right? And right. because because they're textbook, the, the reason someone goes to a psychologist or a psychiatrist to help them is not is not so that somebody else can say, oh, well, your thinking is wrong. What they're doing is they're saying, okay, this is how your thinking is adjusted. And you as an individual need to be aware of what the trigger, like you were just saying, watch me, help me. Because when I see this happen, the, 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 the person that is trying to help themselves with mental illness is aware of those and then is also developed tools through assistance that yeah. says, when I feel X, I do yes. Y. You know, right. and oftentimes that can be mitigated by drugs or, or other other sure. means. But here's, to me, Austin is an example of somebody who went too long without that assistance, without Somebody's that guidance. In. Yes, that's right. And I think the message is clearly: don't fear people with mental illness. Don't fear apparently normal people who have like a history of of of, of abuse and things like this, where they could be triggered. Don't fear them. Talk to them. Right. And the message when you're saying like that's not paint these people all with the same brush is in my mind, it's saying don't talk about it. Right. And we need to talk. You need to communicate. You need to talk to everybody and, and learn. You know, if you see something weird on somebody, ask why it feels weird for them and, and have a conversation because it's not just people who are mentally ill. It's all of us. We're all mentally ill. This is not a cool situation we're in, man, especially right now what's going on in the world. But just the fact of being born and thrown into the world and who knows who your parents are, just being a human being in general gives you some, if you had the most perfect person of all time who had the best parents in the world and everything was like, you know, textbook, like you were just saying, to become like a, a well-adjusted, well-rounded person. Like David Hasselhoff. Like right? David Hasselhoff, so, okay. exactly. David Hasselhoff, good. Even even us apparently normal people need to be communicated to as well. And, and the stigmas attached to these things have stigmas attached to the stigmas. And the stigma is, don't paint them with this brush. And I'm saying... That, that brush is already painted. 
Yeah, and let's talk about the color and and and, and the nuances that, that that are within that paint that has been put on that person. It's about communication. We we all need to be aware. We need to watch out for others. We need to be aware of our own situations. We need that that so so that we don't end up eating other people's faces because it's it kind of takes a village for like you were just saying. Even a normal person, we all grow up with some kind of tutelage, right? That says this mm-hmm. is right, that is wrong, sure. and people with mental illness that that right wrong border gets skewed so you know yes they need extra help there communication communication yeah. i mean there's people right. with anxiety i remember having anxiety when i was like 19 and not knowing what it was i was saying to people around me i'm like man i got these voices in my head i got these things like i want to go the worst the worst thoughts i could possibly have are coming to me mm. when i want to have halfway you know middle thoughts or or, or decent thoughts but I, i am having really negative thoughts all the time and that's depression and anxiety and and and, and um, the result of maybe like a damaged childhood or something like that but the people that i spoke to at that time were kind of like oh it'll go away you'll grow out of it yeah it's but, a phase uh, yeah but for all they knew i could end up you know if my kid felt like he was growing hair in his face and and I would hope that I have developed the relationship up until the point where he started feeling that way, that he could speak to me directly about it, and then we could get the help needed. I think that's the point, and this kid obviously didn't have that. Yeah, I agree. So we'll keep, you know, watching this to see. I mean, I think the writing's on the wall on, on or the blood's on the wall in this case. Uh, uh, face is on the wall. Yeah, the, the flesh is the flesh is in the teeth. Yeah, see how it fleshes out, you know. It, it's going to be a face-off between Austin and the judge anyway hey you got a happy ending i don't i don't have one oh, you got one you do i do hey yeah man i was waiting on this i was put this on dark calls on patreon patreon.com slash uh 1159 media <laughs> uh, i got one you really don't got one i got one i do you got one i do okay yeah, it's a ufo case i don't know how many yet they're starting to believe in this type of thing but i'm i'm on board i mean there's there's no way that we're out here in this you know on this rock floating through infinite space, hurtling through infinite space in this organic spaceship without some other life beings, forms, you know, doing the same thing. And maybe they're they're beyond us and they're coming in to check on us. Maybe they even seeded this planet and they're coming to check on our progress. And uh, this happy ending has to do with a call about a UFO. This man from, I think he's from Great Britain. It's a 999 call. Mm. He's seen something in the sky, man. And it is very compelling. Well... Let's find out what he's seen in the sky. You ready? <laughs> I'll go ahead and hit play on this. Yeah, you better. All right. Are you ready? <laughs> Here we go. Calling your through to the police. What's your emergency, please? No, it's not an emergency per se, but there's something flying over our house. That, um, oh, it's coming towards me now. It's almost light blazing. I don't know what the hell it is. Right, it's okay. Just... So what, it's got lights blazing, did you say? I see these big bright lights floating in the sky. They're coming towards me. Um, uh, I'm in uh, Canterbury Way Stevenage. I don't know what the hell it is. It's not an aeroplane, but it's hovering. I don't know what it is. Okay, just bear with me one second. Can you hear any sort of engine noise from it or anything like that? No, no, it's too far away at the moment, but I thought it was, you know, the flight path coming, I thought it was an airplane at first, and now it's just hovering with all these lights on. I don't know what the hell it is. So where, where, so it's hovering quite far away now from your house? 
It's uh, uh, I would imagine it's somewhere over walking or somewhere heading this way. You see bright lights. And it stopped now. Is it? What? So you can't see it anymore now? No, no, I can see it. I can see it. It's just sort of hovering there. Yeah. I don't know what the hell it is. Okay, all right. Well, I've logged it down, so I'll see if the area knows anything about it. Okay? No, that's fine. Thank all you right, very thanks. much. Bye. Bye-bye. Wow. So, that's mysterious. Yeah, it's mysterious. He sees something in the sky. The most mysterious thing to me is, like, how do you tell if a person with that British-style accent is drunk or not? Uh, by if they, I don't know, honestly, because I think they get mo- maybe more polite as they is, get dr- drunker. Is the British accent just a drunk American? <sighs> sounds sounds like when I've had too many root beers, for sure. <laughs> Have you ever seen anything? I'm just joking around. I love Brits. <laughs> Don't email me. <laughs> I like firefighters. I don't mind Italians. The 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 thing with um with this is, uh, have you ever had an experience where you saw something in the sky the way that this guy's describing? I would never call nine one one. I mean, I would barely tell my family. But I've seen a couple of things on the way home from the bar. I live out in the middle of nowhere where there's like all kinds of farmland. I've talked to farmers who say they've been like combining late at night, you know, yeah, and and they've seen lights in the sky that are moving strangely and stuff. And I've seen a few things myself. But have you up uh, in Antarctica? Yeah. So I had a paper route one time, and I was uh, nine, nine years old, I think nine or ten, and I had a paper route, and. Um, I hated my paper. I hated it. I hated getting up early. I hated waiting on the corner for some creepy dude to stop by and oh. drop off a stack of papers. And hated Shout rolling. Out Johnny on. Gosh, yeah, exactly that right. It was creepy. It really was. I mean, mm. you think about the things, man. Kids out on corners at you know mm. five thirty in the morning waiting for some random rando yeah. to come by. Anyway, what a time! So, what a time to be a serial killer child molester, seriously, man. Seriously, yeah. Easy and this, pickings. you know what? This was in Issaquah, Washington, where uh, the same time Ted Bundy was doing what he was doing just down the street at Lake Sammamish uh, oh, State Park from one. my house. Actually, that's kind of creepy story. Two two stories diverge, but anyway. So I'm mm. I'm doing my paper route, and I see. Uh, which to today, I'm pretty sure it was just like a falling star, you know, something just really mm-hmm. bright in the sky and then it went away. But it freaked me out. And somewhere in between hating my paper out and seeing that shooting star, I made up this story where I saw something in the sky and I was never going to do a paper out again, mom and dad. So I came home, like I dropped my papers and everything, and I was like, this is my way out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you take that I, as a way out. I might have uh, like over, overblown what I had seen, and bada boom, bada bing, I don't have a paper out anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, anything I've ever seen, it's just looking at the stars late at night out here, man, like just watching forever watching for you know two three hours and you do see stuff you'll see you'll see satellites you'll see bats flying over that you might think are are something and they're not 
but there's been a couple of times where it's been a blinking light and it moves, it moves, and then it kind of disappears and it yeah. flies. It doesn't fly away, but it just kind of, kind of zoop into itself. It, it's. Yep. I, I'm almost ashamed to say it because it's probably going to be thrown in the garbage can. But uh, you know, ketamine, the drug ketamine, special yeah. K, they used to call it. Yeah, yeah. It's like a horse tranquilizer or a cat tranquilizer. I don't even know. But we were snorting that stuff. And I looked up in the sky, it was daytime, and we just saw this thing, man, because we were out there. When you're doing drugs, you're out there, you're kind of looking at things more so than regular sober people are. Regular sober people are just walking around doing their day. They're uh, delivering newspapers, or they're going to get Mm. the mail, or they're going to um, work and and back, and they rarely look up. When you're on drugs, you look up a lot. And uh, I saw some very strange things, Some, some just... The, the the prevailing theme was always just a light and it's moving slow and then it uh, absorbs into itself. Yeah, and so whether or not that was drug-induced or, or something is kind of remains yeah. to be seen. You can't take it serious, but what you can take serious is how much I was looking up when I was on those <laughs> things and, and, and looking for that particular type of thing. And not many people do do that except for, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who's a dick, by the way. Yeah, dick. Um, and, you know, it does make me think, actually, I was hunting with two of my buddies uh, a while back, and we it was it, there was a no-fire order, which means you can't have a mm-hmm. campfire. And there was also no moon that night. So we're in the middle of just the, the most treacherous terrain, middle of the woods, uh, can't see our tents in front of us and we're standing around in a little like three man circle eating beef jerky and we're looking up at the stars yeah, and everything you you yeah we were circled jerky is what we <laughs> called it when we'd eat it it was so good mm. <laughs> and uh, yeah we looked up and you know what there was there was some mysterious stuff going on in the sky and and I think more than anything, I think we were all kind of like, maybe this happens a lot. Like, I was just kind of like, huh, that's, well, I'm going to bed. <laughs> because yeah. I didn't, I didn't really want to invest too much. Because I wouldn't, I was there for four days. I, w- I would not have slept for four days had I put more mental energy behind it at the time. You know? Yes. Yeah. I think it happens a lot. There is actually a show that I'll, I'll suggest right now, and you're, you're watching it right now. It's called Missing 411, Missing Information, The Hunters. Yes. We're both watching it right now. It's it's so good. Um, I'll give you a quick taste before we finish this call off. Like, you, you know, oh, there's you, you more? know what a hunt. To, there's yeah, more oh, there's call? more on this call. Well, he, 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 he figures out what it is. Um, oh. And it's mind-blowing. But okay. on Hunters 911, you know how you go and you, you're a hunter, so you know this. The younger guys would go out and they push bush, right? They come out to the top. <laughs> it's not what city folk would <laughs> yeah, think pushing bush is. Yeah. Sure do. But they, Up on but the mountain. They walk. <laughs> they, <laughs> that broke back fan. They, they, push, <clears throat> they push bush. So they walk through, say, five, six guys. And they walk through way up at the top and they push. And then the old timers in this particular show are sitting there waiting to shoot a deer that they've scared forward. And mm. these guys are waiting there, these 80-year-old, the four of them. Five, I think they're all about I don't know a football field yep. apart say yeah 100 and yards apart mm-hmm. and they're sitting there eating their Snickers bars and all that and they're waiting for these deer to come through and the one guy he's 80 years old missing an eye he was in World War II he um, was actually the hunting 
you know, you pass your test for hunting through this guy. He knows his way through the woods. Oh, wow. He's only a little bit off the road waiting to shoot a deer, and he disappears. They can't find him. When they're done the hunt, they can't find him. It's only 6 o'clock. It's time for dinner. And all the other hunters said that they heard, like, a trap snap and the sound of, like, a tuning fork, and he's gone. His gun's gone. If he got eaten by a bear, the bear doesn't need a gun. And, right. Uh, anyways, there's, I, I there's a mess just... left behind. <laughs> right? Or like a gnarly toenail at something. Something yeah. that an old man might leave behind. Um, it depends, whatever. It, it, he, nothing. <laughs> wow. Nothing. So yeah. missing 411, the hunters, I highly suggest it, but we have, we have a little bit more of this call. We should wrap I, it up. I will just, see. I will just say on that, like I, 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 Jack recommended that. So I watched it last night. I still got 20 minutes left on it, but I watched it at like 1.30 in the morning. Didn't sleep for a, a healthy part of the evening after that. Yeah. I, I, and that doesn't happen to me very often, but this one it messed me up a little bit. It was, uh, woof. It's kind of, you know, some heavy topics. So, yeah, yeah it's inspired some dark topics coming forward, too. It's, it's yeah, it's, uh, you could watch Amazon, any documentary you right? want about ghosts. Yeah, on Amazon Prime. Watch Amazon. any documentary you want about ghosts and UFOs and everything else and roll your eyes. But when you watch this, to me, personally, I was like, fuck, what happened to that old dude? He didn't walk off into the woods. Where's no. his gun? Where He just, and they heard the sound of a trap snap. To me, it's like an alternate universe. The land is is haunted by Native American spirits, apparently, you know, and and, and it just ate this old guy. All right, so what it's, happened with yeah, this uh, this light in the sky? Oh well, let's uh, let's find out what happened with the lights in the sky, guy. Should we say bye? Should we say bye? Yeah, let's say bye. Um, yeah. We'll go. Uh, we'll we'll leave you with uh, with the, the the not drunk Brit and his discovery. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, this one compelling. went a little longer, but uh, you know, hopefully you hopefully you loved it. Hopefully it you know loved your face off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, leave a three star review. <laughs> yeah, leave a one star review. Let us know you love us. <laughs> All right. Well, hugs, everyone. Hugs. Caller, you're free to the police. What's your emergency? I, I just called you about two minutes ago. Okay. So why are you calling back again then? I'll tell you why, because I'm listening to the right mistake. Right, okay. I, I, I thought I saw something that was really strange, and it wasn't, actually. Right, do you know what, because I just spoke to you myself, do you know what it was then, or...? Well, uh, <laughs> you won't believe this. You won't believe it. It's a moon. You won't believe it. It's a moon. Right, okay, I'll log that down, okay, but we're really busy. I'm terribly terribly sorry, I'm terribly sorry. Okay, thanks, goodbye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening and supporting this award-winning show, everyone. Have you listened to our other show, Dark Calls, yet? It's the show where we play the calls that are too dark for this show. You've been warned. It's a Patreon-exclusive show, so if that sounds like your cup of tea, or about the price of a cup of tea... You can get that show, live streaming video chats with Luna and me, plus a bunch of other extra content and features over on Patreon. Search for 1159 Media on Patreon to access all the extra goodness. The 911 Calls podcast is an 1159 Media production. Your loved ones would also love this show. You can spread the word and help us to gain even more awards than we already have. So much thanks to you. So many hugs.